Welcome to the Editor's Note Comics Podcast. I think that this world, it needs men that are willing to make the hard call. Central Maine's best comics podcast, by default. Ain't no thing like me, except me. Here are your hosts, Zach and Jared. Matt's coming. No. When do we start? Hey, welcome back. That was really loud. It was very aggressive. I peaked. Well, yes, years ago, but now we're here. Uh, I don't believe in that at all. What, peaking? Like the idea of like, I peaked like high school or something like, Christ, I hope not. <laughs> That'd be awful. That'd be bad. That'd be very bad. Uh, you're more chipper this week. I mean, sure, I was scrumptious, but you know. Anyway, you're more chipper this week. Shut up all about that. We got to talk about a movie. Oh, okay. Oh, yes. I saw your tweet about this movie. Things that Zach has recently watched. Yeah, um, you know, I I got a little tickled by the idea of everything, everywhere, all at once. Okay. I went, all right, let's go see this bad boy. Fucking fantastic. Really? One of, when I say one of, I think it's the craziest movie I've ever seen. That's saying a lot. They just said some, they did some weird shit. I'm just going to throw some things at you. I will bleep them for the audience so they don't know. Okay. Uh, Basically, it's Michelle Yeoh. Um, She has to deal with taxes in a laundromat sounds boring but then she gets uh the powers to jump into different universes where she can pull different powers from oh that sounds interesting yeah and they have a lot of different powers like there's one world where uh not what <laughs> yeah there's another world where uh, your lesbian lover is and you have there's another world where you're just a with googly eyes uh, i mean i feel like i get that look from my students most days there's another world and oh by the way these are all extended they're not like just quick they're in there for a while there's another world where instead of it's okay and there's just a fuck good for him <laughs> it's just like the most insane shit and this part i won't bleep uh it's a movie that's entirely about like let's discuss nihilism okay clearly there's some weird shit and if the center of that nihilism is there's an at the core of it that will destroy every universe oh no not a bad <laughs> you're reacting like th- these are normal things i'm saying this is the craziest movie I've ever seen. There it was is a... wild. And it works so well. And it's so, like, there's a great emotional core. And there's insane things that are happening. Uh, apparently they use sex toys as weapons. I just told you that make you stronger. I'm, I'm yeah, looking right. at you some... Yeah, that's right. The phone smacked out of your hand wow. this early. Because that was a thing that happened in it. What, phone smacking? Mm, oh, way worse than phone smacking. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I already told you. Oh, no. But it was one of the craziest movies I've ever seen. It was also very heartfelt and very touching. And I desperately need to see it a second time. Just like I Is it to- streaming or did you go to Railroad Square? No, I just went to the regular theater. Uh, the regular theater. Wow. I just I took in all of the weirdness and now I need to sit with it a second time and go like, all right, what are we doing here? Okay. Because the silliness of it is so amazing and it's so fun. It's so great. I love it. This How is many like, verbal outbursts did you have? Like, ha ha ha. At one point I did yell, why do the b- make you stronger? I didn't yell it. I said it. Were you the only one in the theater? No. There were maybe 15 other people in there. Okay. Not like what it's going to be on Friday night. But that's a legitimate question. Why did the bugs make them stronger? (laughs) That's a great question, actually. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's pixelated and it's hilarious. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's one of my favorite things that I've seen ever. So I can't wait to rewatch it. One of your top movies a quarter of the way through 2022 oh my god michelle yeah was so great in this and fucking short round really? a is third, the, the other a third lead. of the way through the year we're the whatever yeah but short round like 
came back to acting and he's awesome he's so good like this dude has so much like no time for a hanky panky dr jones no he has this one line delivery that i'm not going to spoil where like it will just like fucking break you oh my god he's so good in it yeah they're both so good in it it's such a good movie it's insane i i know we're gonna go see uh dr strange in a couple of days like that multiverse can't possibly beat this multiverse because i guarantee there will be no empowering in Doctor Strange. No, probably not. <laughs> but wouldn't you be surprised if there were? Oh my god, that would make that movie a million times better. Make it my favorite movie of all time. Damn. All right, well, there it is. You heard it here first. But in all seriousness, I, I know sometimes I give you recommendations. Like, yeah, I'll get around to it. And then sometimes you do it, you're like, oh, you were right. I'm like, fuck you. Like, this is incredible. Yes. High comedy. Um, No, it's not. It's not. I mean, there's a lot of silly in there. I would equate it with within the last you know last decade of saying like when i saw mad max for fear furry mad max fury road yes. being that kind of like this unique flavor that you haven't seen or felt that just gives you something different like it's that good i like it so fucking incredible i loved that movie i can't wait to watch it a second time all right all there right we go. i get yeah whatever i have nothing else pre- i have nothing preamble today well i think i filled it with everything everywhere all at once yes you clearly did it's that good i loved that movie so much all right moving on uh hey if you want to check things out their time codes listen down below we're going to do the news we're going to do this week in video game history we're going to talk about some shows that we're streaming and we're going to scream at them yeet like picard and moon knight Mm. there's a superman comic uh to celebrate the late great neil adams and your questions so, you know, if you want to jump around, you can. It's fine. I won't be offended by it. Do you ever sometimes, when we record the show, you're like, I just wish I could click on the time codes now and not have to sit through this part of the show? No, I just, I mean, they're, I literally just, I have. No, I meant as we're recording it. Like, you're like, it's kind of a light, crappy news week. I just want to hit the time code and go to sports reports. I record the show as an editor, so if I know if something isn't working, I just know that I cut it and I cut it off fast. Oh, okay. Easy enough. Yeah. No, trust me. I, I, I record the show as an editor. <laughs> more than maybe a host like yeah this ain't working so, no, good so for you I, so i know uh, that also makes you got. a proficient host all right so we're gonna go from there straight into the news before we get started does anyone want to get out it's time for the news hey may the fourth be with you it is may the fourth i gotta tell you i don't like shit like this what why not well it depends on my setting um in this setting, I am fine and happy and content talking about kind of like geek, geek ephemera. Yeah. But like if someone is just trying to make small talk with me and they're like vaguely aware that like, oh, you ran a comic book store. They're like, hey, how about that Riverdale? That is the worst fucking conversation that you could ever bring up to me. And the same with like <clears throat> Star Wars. Like, oh, like he likes Star Wars. So I'll guess I'll, like for a present, I'll buy him some Star Wars related napkins. I bet he'll like those. They're napkins. They're... No, I fucking won't. They're awful. Don't do that. I don't. Well, I mean, they're napkins. They'll, yeah. they'll accomplish their job. You're not connecting with me on this level. I don't want to do this. All right. Well, so no. I, but... So I'm not a fan of like May the 4th and people, I don't know, doing that kind of bullshit. All right. Yeah. But. Hey, speaking of May the 4th, after I just yelled at people trying to uh, connect with me on a personal level. Oh, so level. you're saying like the person who was on my company-wide professional Zoom meeting and they showed up in a Darth Vader helmet today? That's not your speed? <sighs> no, I would have liked to have um, punched them in the throat. Well, you, you couldn't. They were wearing a Darth <laughs> Vader helmet. They were protected. Oh, good for them. But Kenobi had a trailer today. Kenobi! I don't really think that happened in that trailer. No, it didn't. 
He did kind of get yelled at. You can't protect him, Obi-Wan. He's, he must be trained just no. like you trained his father. Like fucking shot in the dark. Um, whatever. The trail, uh, the thing that I'm seeing more out of this trailer that is a little bit surprising is I feel like our impression, or at least my impression going into uh, the show is that Obi-Wan between like episode three and episode four really didn't leave Tatooine. No. Well, apparently he fucks off a bunch. Yeah. And, I mean, it's cool seeing you and McGregor. Uh, it's cool seeing the Inquisitors. I am not fully up to them. As I've mentioned many a times, I'm working myself slowly through the Clone Wars. I only got like 40 episodes left, so I'm pretty goddamn close. You're getting point, very close. Comparatively to where things stand. Like, I'm I'm moving my way. There's a sad, uh, what's his name, Darth Maul where I'm at now. He's like, my brother, blah, blah, blah. I have robot legs. There, there, were, some, um, there were some scenes in there. And some images that reminded me when I of when I had played the Fallen Order video game, Star Wars Fallen Order. I mean, we see the grand, we see the Inquisitors. You're gonna get the sister, the seventh sister, or whatever number of sister she is. I don't know. So you're gonna get some of the Grand Inquisitor stuff. Clearly, you know that like, you can't run from him forever, Obi Wan. That's probably a that's probably a dodge move in the trailer. It's probably about something other than. I don't know. I mean, they're definitely playing up like, hey, like we know that they're going to see each other again. And there are some awesome, like, clear moments. I, I, There is, like, yeah, that bitch mode of, like, he has to be trained. Yeah, like, you trained his dad, you dick. Yeah, you screwed that up. <laughs> Which is, that's a great moment. It's a fantastic and, moment. And we have stuff, like, we don't really know, like, what he's looking at is what's happening, like, chronologically. It seems to be Obi-Wan getting kidnapped and facing down with Darth Vader. And my God, if that scene of like him getting his arms screwed on, <laughs> like there's just a ratchet on it. Yeah. Just crit, 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 crit. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. That looks so cool. That attaching the breathing box to him. I'm curious. Uh, I don't think we have confirmation of who the voice is going to be because even up through like Rogue One, it was James Earl Jones. But, you know, he still sounded kind of watery thin at that point and that's i don't mean that as a negative it's just the man has some years on him now like, yeah he's not gonna have the same like deep commanding voice that he had 40 years ago i i very desperately don't want this to sound like like james earl jones doesn't sound like the way he used to because yeah fucking course he doesn't so i don't know what they're doing with the voice i don't know if they're just gonna like do kind of like a filter on it or what the fuck but i mean the last time we heard heard james earl jones it you know he's you can hear his age so. don't choke on your ambitions director krennic Ugh, fuck, that's awful <laughs> i didn't need dad jokes from yeah him. but you got him yeah i did and also what's like Vader gonna be like this is like hey last time you saw me i was whiny as fuck and guess what you cut off my fucking arms man and legs jesus christ like i am 30 percent less of a person because of you we, we both legs even, and an arm i can't even live outside of this box this box sucks yeah and when i'm not in it i have to be in a back to tank like a bantha do you know how hard it is to pee yeah how does darth vader pee uh, probably in the suit oh, like an astronaut Good for, you know what, that's convenience. I'm sure Darth Vader's like, well, I would rather just be able to use a space toilet than have to <laughs> pee myself, but like he's got a Darth Vader colostomy bag or something. Yeah, and that's just the suit, baby. Yeah, rough times for the Darth man. Whatever. Uh, the trailer looks awesome. I'm, I'm looking forward to the show. I think it's going to be fun. No, I think it's going to be really, really good, and I think it's going to be a different, again, a different kind of Star Wars. I mean, we see Obi-Wan shooting a blaster. We saw that before. That's how he killed. Uh, yeah, but like before, he's like, "This is so uncivilized." Now he's like, "Looks like he's like going space gangster." 
other things happen. Big Marvel stuff. Hey, the Fantastic Four. That's a movie that's happening. Oh yeah. But um, director John Watts, director of the last three Spider-Man movies, has stepped down as director. Take that as you will. Uh, I take it as he's just made three big Marvel blockbusters in the last seven years, and he's probably tired. I could, yeah, I could totally buy that as an excuse. If that's what it is, that's what it is. But yeah, boy, Fantastic Four movies—they uh, sure know how to not be filled with uh, massive production issues. I don't know. Uh, John Watts is a guy that I I didn't love the first Spider-Man movie. I st- it still really hasn't like grown on me. I like the second and the third ones, but like when they announced that he was the director, I I mean, been documented on the show. I was like, okay, great, that guy. So if we get something else, I'm not against it. Also, if he's just tired after doing like three like hyper successful movies and just being burned out by them, he's like, I got my paycheck. Yeah, that's. So I, I, it's hard to say that it's like, maybe it's a creative thing, but like the dude just might be fucking tired, yeah. which, which I would buy. Uh, there's a new Marvel Summit coming. They haven't had one of these bad boys in three years where uh, Kevin Feige will be meeting with Marvel cre- creatives to plan the next 10 years of movies. Wow. Christ. At some point, <laughs> at some point it's going to be like, these movies are coming and I'm like, I know I'm not going to be able to see them all because I'll be like. Oh no, he's rich as fuck. Oh, yeah. He's going to keep making movies forever. Maybe I could pull up the old article. Maybe I couldn't. I don't know. But I remember there was like something like oh, roughly 10 years back where it was like, we're planning movies through 2023. I'm like, that's a ridiculous amount of time. And now we're here. And I'm, he's like, we're doing it again. I'm like, oh, and it works, okay. too. I guess. Yeah. Just here. Uh, go be rich, man. I mean, we're finally starting to really dig into the post Avengers stuff, too. I mean, think about all of that first sequence of marvel movies the infinity saga like all of those movies revolved around the avengers and the infinity stones so like where is this all going apparently they're waiting for another 10 years galactus yeah it's uh, jesus if yeah half this other stuff they're doing is happening then yeah we'll get to galactus at some point my god we might get a galactus miniseries about where galen got his powers and was a sad bitch all right there we go his name is Galen when he before Galactus. Oh well, different than that brain-looking thing with the big head. There's a lot of things with big heads, man. It was a Kirby thing. He's like a big head and, and small arms. You're talking about Modok? Yeah, that guy, that motherfucker. He's from Maine. I mean, we gotta. I mean, see it. I mean, of all the things in Maine, Oxford County. <laughs> from things that from Maine that could be trending, let's go with Modok. Yeah, that's a much more pleasant Maine trending item. So- Susan Collins. Oh, fuck no, do Modoc. Yeah, she kind of looks that'd be better. Oh, was, yeah, never mind. I'll play nice. Frank Miller's back in comics. I, he, I, don't, know, I don't know if he were really official if, but Frank Miller is going to be launching his own comics production company with former DC editor-in-chief Dan DiDio. Mm-hmm. He's promised new Sin City comics and new continuation of Ronin. Ronin is one we should tackle, because Ronin is one that I read once, and I went... What the fuck did I just read? <laughs> I didn't understand it at all. So maybe I should revisit Ronan for a second. We're talking Ronan the Destroyer or Ronan as in Hawkeye when he gets pissy? No, and Cyber Ninja? Yes. I didn't really get I read Ronan uh, 15 years ago, and I was like, I don't fucking understand what's happening. All right, there you go. Uh, so maybe we'll revisit Ronan. But yeah, Frank Miller starting his own publishing line. Sure, why not? He's Frank Miller. Yes. Some of his stuff is... It's 300, Sin City. I mean, he's literally, for both like Marvel and DC, written like the best series for 
literally both companies like doing his daredevil run and doing like dark knight returns like yeah, he's literally written the best shit for everyone i think around 97 his work took a negative turn but to also to be fair he literally wrote the best shit for like the biggest companies that's not an exaggeration it's not be me being like i'm a big frank miller fan i mean you know you are but not be- I, I, like, I, don't, I don't know how to put it because it's not like frank miller is a guy that like i followed him like i gotta read everything that frank miller does it was just like oh yeah he he literally just did the best shit mm. it's kind of wild but yeah if he, he's doing his own publishing company i i hope it goes well and i'm definitely gonna check his the shit out when it's happening i don't know i hope it's good that's just kind of it like he's he's like hyper royalty so fuck it i hope it's great because he's done good shit before and you know i haven't loved everything he's done but i really hope that it continues to be awesome very important news yes look i know we didn't cover it for this show and that was our mistake oops but the morbius digital and blu-ray dates have been announced oh no get put on notice (laughs) wake up america morbius coming at you digitally and on blu-ray if you didn't catch it the first time around catch it the second time around because you were wrong to miss it oh are you gonna get a virus from it i didn't write down what the dates were (laughs) it's just wow okay so i love that sony's i you know they have to get to announce this shit but it's just so funny because it, uh, it's gross it's gross and dumb and bad but get ready for morbius poor joe little can't Come. catch a break with his superhero movies boy he pissed away all his goodwill after dallas buyers club i guess so like everything he's done since then has been just shit hey we all we're always trying to make well, deposits just hey, be careful the withdrawals to be fair not uh his, Blade Runner isn't bad, but he's bad in Blade Runner. All right. That is it for the news. That was quick, easy, clean. I like that. Yeah, I didn't cut any segments. Don't you worry about no, it. No, don't worry about it. We didn't ramble on aimlessly on several different topics. So I'm going to move on from there to screaming. Streaming. So you're saying the universe created a sitcom starring two Avengers? Nope. We're screaming at streaming. So let's not waste another minute. Settle in, sharpen your pencils, and check this out. Up first, we're talking Picard. Yes. Penultimate episode, because uh, when this comes out, the season finale will be out, plus the premiere of uh, Strange New Worlds. Bing, bing. <laughs> you just thought you're like, ah, fuck, I gotta not watch another episode of television. Yeah. I don't know. It's, well, you do. Well, this is the time of year where it's hard for me to do it, where I'm back into coaching full swing. It was easier over the winter when I had retired from basketball. I had more free time. But whatever. We got, uh, our, like I said, our penultimate episode of Picard, where he's being chased by a dollar store Borg. Dollar store Borg with uh, Dr. Sung leading them. This whole season, we'll see how next season goes. This whole season feels like your budget was slashed in half. Because we get Borg, but they're not really Borg. And like, oh yeah, they get green laser sights but nothing Borg-related, sure. You're definitely the same thing. Mm. Well, they could, could they assimilate their, you know, 2023, 2024 rifles? But you know what? I mean, you you know what I mean? Like, this whole season has been like, how do we save money? How do we cut this budget? Because we are not spending as much as last year. I don't know if the ratings were shitty, but they are going out of their way, bending over backwards to spend less money. It's incredible, really. And even the idea of like, oh, well, they changed their laser sights to green versus red. I'm like, Not okay, that great. That is literally a fucking flashlight. You're telling me a flashlight is going to be what defines you as a Borg? Good for you. Has that not bugged you? It's bugged the shit out of me just seeing like all of the money cutting aspects of the season. 
I yeah, but I think they're also did, handcuffed. Did season one fuck them that bad? Or conversely, COVID restrictions lessened crew, simpler sets, more uh-huh. nope. on location. Nope. Um, I'm taking the negative. You're taking. It's weird to take COVID as a positive, but you're taking the rational, the Occam's razor answer. I don't think I'm taking an irrational opinion. All right. Well, I think you're taking more of a more trying to think of the right word here. Worst case scenario situation. Nihilistic opinion. It's the real everything everywhere at once. Well, I mean, also, they haven't had to do a lot of space shit because they've been in. Because it's cheaper. Yes, it is cheaper. See, told you. Mm hmm. You told me by supporting my opinion? Damn it. Yeah, maybe. I think there was <laughs> some cost cutting. I don't know. Um, there's definitely a lot of that going on. Whatever. They're running around. There's a board chasing them. Um, it's weird that we have to go back to status quo season of nine. Season of nine. Seven of seven, nine. Seven of nine. And how quickly that happened on her body. Season of two. Like, none of the other Borg that got zapped by the Queen, Girardi, Borg, they didn't turn into... They didn't have like any of the implants implants externally, but yet we get stock seven of nine. Yeah, she's just back to where she was before, which was supposed to be a reduced amount. So yeah, sure. Great. Also, that's a tremendous gamble that they're taking by like the ship is gone. The Borg Queen is gone. So like let's say they're successful in their mission that the Europa mission gets off the ground and is able to get away. What is the guarantee that they're going to be zapped back to the future? Because there's your time travel paradox. If they get zapped back to the future, then they never would have had to go back in the first place because the timeline was never disrupted. Yeah, they're going back to the future. Great, Scott. One of the showrunners confirmed it on Twitter that this was a self-contained yes, piece. Yes, I saw that. Bleed over, yeah, so they'll be fine. But, but they've got a lot to do in that last episode. Yeah, maybe Q will die, maybe picard the lady picard will uh go off on a space mission two days one must live one must die remember his nephew is named renee yeah i do i do indeed does he have to kill his nephew i doubt it okay i don't know i shit happened i feel like there's a ton to wrap up in the last episode Mm, i just yeah between the q stuff between the guy and stuff between the picard stuff but not just like one picard it's like we got uh, the Europa mission. We got the hey, my mom and my dad shit. We got um, Rios and his lady friend. We have Seven of Nine and Rafi. Are they a thing? We have. Are we going to resurrect Elnor? Probably. And how well, they get uh, back and, to the future? And, yeah. And how do we deal with like Gerardi as the Borg Queen? Do we separate her? Blah blah blah. Like there's a there's a lot to do in one episode. Yeah. Exactly. Can they stick the landing? I, if, I don't know. Hopefully. I hope they do. Yeah, me too. I want this show to succeed and thrive and be yeah, good. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, no, I'm rooting against it. Like, fucking rock yeah. man. Come on. I, know, I guess that's Picard. That's Picard. All right, let's move on to the season or series finale, depending on what Marvel tweet you read. Yeah. Of Moon Knight. Yeah, uh, season or series, who knows? It also do a bit. Who cares? Uh, Moon Knight, it's done for now well also i mean there's no real open-ended i mean it's a little bit an open end like you could come back to this character but mm. here's where i land on this is i ultimately didn't understand anyone's motivation i didn't understand mark's motivation i didn't understand steven's motivation i didn't understand Conchu's motivation i didn't understand uh whatever ethan hawk's name was motivation i didn't understand the wife's motivation like, yeah yeah it was just kind of like Things were happening, and they were just kind of going along with them. And but there was never like, 
I need to do X, Y, Z in order to get to this conclusion. And that was literally for every character. Like, I didn't understand why Ethan Hawke was like, I need to destroy half the world with this alligator. And the alligator was like, I guess we're just going to do it. And then Conchu's like, hey, you can't do that. But at least I have these guys that are here to help me. And they're like, sure, why not? Mm. I just didn't. It felt like the show is very disconnected. It felt like part of it was trying to find the alligator god name escapes me. The alligator but, god was, was Omnit or Amit. Are you talking about but, the hippo goddess? No, I'm talking about the alligator one, not the hippo oh, okay, one. Yeah, yeah. It was a different one. Mm-hmm. But like Stephen and Mark, like their reasoning for wanting to find that god was just kind of like vaguely, oh, they're going to destroy things. But I didn't really understand. Since we're classifying ourselves as the good guys and the other guy wants it and he's the bad guy, then we must get it. That's the important part. Yeah, I, I just never fully understood the motivation of literally anyone in the show. And there's this whole, like, oh, well, like, we have a relationship with Layla. Like, why do we have this relationship with Layla? Why does she suddenly have, like, superpowers? And why does anything happen for any reason? And why, in this last episode, are we able to, like, switch between two personalities that now essentially have the same powers? So what's the point? How do you really feel? I just felt uh, empty by it. I, I felt I didn't under I just didn't really understand the character motivations. I didn't really know why we were doing things, and it felt very much just we're going from point A to point B, and we don't even really get a good resolution on that. And who kind of cares? Yeah, I'd like to see. <sighs> even you said you're like, oh, look at these two gods fight. I'm like, why? Why weren't they doing that before? Why is this a thing they're just doing now? Why was it like such a big deal that took like a whole episode? Like we're gonna encapsulate Conchu when all you had to do was fucking step on it. So it's not even that big of a deal. Yeah, yeah, it's crush gone. See ya. Um, but the god fight was pretty cool with the avatar fight below it on the screen. No, no, I thought no, I'm not. But you're like, what? What's the? I am not accusing the show of not looking cool and doing cool shit. I am not accusing the show of that. I'm accusing the show of I don't understand the characters. I don't know why they were doing literally anything. And even the whole idea of like Mark being like, I won't kill. He killed like a hundred people in six episodes. Oh, he was murderous. It's very much, uh, I mean, we did this uh, back in 2017, like when Wonder Woman happened. And she's like, I will have this fun new superpower where I can do super speed, burn through everyone kill a bunch of motherfuckers but i get to the one person who i know the name of i'm like no i can't kill them i'm like oh this is just oh yeah this is a narrative conceit this isn't actually like anything real like you know you just killed a fuck ton of people yeah but because you know the name of this one you're like no i can't do it It, it, it's bullshit it doesn't i there's there's a lot of good in this series oscar isaac's i thought it was fantastic the last, not this episode, this episode, if I can tell, um, the last wow. one is great. It's really good. It's yes. a great character study. We're really like digging into the meat of these people, but digging into the meat of these people is not necessarily what the show is about either. So it's weird and it's, I don't know. I, I want to like it more than I do. I'm not going to say it's bad, but I'm going to say it is disappointing. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, it's disappointing. I thought it was good. It's not the best, but I thought it was, a. F- again, I've said it many times. I feel like Marvel is finally stumbling upon like this formula that they, they can use. And was it not this too dissimilar to a six, com- a six comic arc? I 
So we've had some time now. We've had WandaVision. We've had um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We've had What If. We've had Loki. Ultimately, what I'm learning is, is it not just better to do a cheap movie? Well, there was, I don't it, know if any of these shows ultimately are giving me more than I could get out of a movie. And just to not do a cheaper movie for two hours versus giving me like a six hour show. I can kind of see your point. I don't necessarily fully disagree with it, but I think it's a fun way to keep the Marvel name consistently at the front of your mouth, like on the front of your mind, on the tip of it's, your tongue. It's fun to watch every week. I'm not denying that. It's fun to watch these shows like as they come out. It's it's a good time, but I don't know. And it's not like I even hated it. It's just I left it with like more questions about like why were they doing this? Like what's what's the point? But you don't really ever explain how, why. how does the childhood work? especially when like steven's like i don't remember any of this but he's like this weird hidden box to like get um hit so why does he not remember the things he was specifically designed to hide from like there's all kinds of weird shit in there that i'm like i just it doesn't kind of add up yeah but i mean those yeah i don't know i again didn't hate it generally enjoyed it i liked a lot of it it's just i didn't love it i don't know that's kind of where i landed all right is there gonna be more moon Knight? if there is great please do like make it fucking better like i still feel like we're kind of in an experimental stage like you could also this say this for a lot of like the early marvel stuff like phase one like the hulk i think that's kind of an actively bad movie like first avenger not great either the first two thor movies like not really that good they bring in a cleanup hitter and (sighs) so i i feel like we're still kind of in this in the phase of doing this disney plus like tv stuff we're going like People are trying to think about things as movies, but they're not movies, and you really need to de- develop them as series. And we're not quite there to making things succinct yet, so it's just, I don't know. But they're having, I would say, moderate success with it. There's nothing that I've actively disliked by, no. any, by any stretch. But I'm, when the movies are like can get so good, like when you can like get the highs of like, you know, three generations of spider-man or you can get the highs of like endgame where everyone is there or you can get the highs of thor ragnarok which is just like silly fun like there are there are highs but i mean you know when you're literally the most successful franchise of all time i guess you're gonna have some less than perfect stuff yeah i'm and i mean we talked about it like moon knight mythos is really different than other stuff sort of like fully capture that i don't know i i didn't fully buy into this i guess it's kind of where i land but there we are all right, so we're going to move on from there to this week in video game history. Superhero landing coming up. This week in video game history. I got a few weirdos. Um, in 1982, Universal sued Nintendo, saying they had to destroy every copy of Donkey Kong because it infringed on their movie King Kong. Oh, I remember we talked about this once. They lost it, didn't they? I think ultimately, yeah, we, oh. we've been around on this because this segment is going to end uh, this month. Wow, we've been on a whole year? It w- yeah, in June it will be the end Dang, of all right. I think I know what I'm going to do for this segment next. All right, well, don't ruin it. Let's continue to press on with a task well, at hand. I can tell you, can I tell you my thought of what um, the replacement segment will be? It'll sure. be short. Okay. Because it'll just be a one-off every week. You tell me if you think this is ex- acceptable. All right. Like weird comic book fact. Yeah, sure. Can you come up with 52, like 50 of them, 48 of them? I imagine I could. 
because we did um, this week in comic book history, this week in movie slash TV history, this week in video game history, and then I'm kind of out of pop culture things after that, so I think I would just turn it into uh, weird comic book facts. All right. And just do one a week. We could do this week in TV history. The, the movie one covered that. Yeah, good point. Well, no, it was, I mean, it was movies. It's different between movie and TV. Was, was, well, I treated it as kind of both. Whatever. All right. We'll see. That might not be the thing. All right. I don't yeah, hate it. So, uh, spitballing here. So Universal uh, sued Nintendo. Good times. Jumping forward to 2002, Resident Evil was released on the GameCube. I should have done this as a guessing game. I should have said, like, hey, what are the worst, like, full motion video cutscenes ever in video game history? Oh, um, Resident Evil 2. No, I'm sorry. It was just Resident Evil regular. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Resident Evil Light. Yeah, uh, they're no good, and it's weird, and it's bad, but there we go. 2007, following up, oh, this is a comic book movie-based game, following up on a generally beloved game, a game that still people will put as, like, your top top list of, like, comic book movie games. This is a movie adaptation, mm-hmm. following up a beloved previous game in 2007, again. Year- Spider-Man, no, Spider-Man 3. It is Spider-Man 3. Uh, this game is okay. It's very okay, but it has one of the more annoying boss battles that I've ever had to do because the last boss battle is Venom. Ugh. Except, like, every time, like, if you find, like, I mean, you build up, you know, a combination of moves throughout the games and how to use your webs and fight, what the fuck not. But if you use, like, the same move on Venom more than twice, he just shuts it down immediately. Like, there's, there's no, like, oh, you have an opening here. No. So you have to keep on finding different ways to attack him, which is very annoying. But still, not a bad... I mean, that's kind of a cool game piece. Yeah, no, it's a pain in the ass, because you're like, ah, oh, fuck. I learned, like, these three moves that were very effective, and uh, halfway through his life bar, I need to uh, relearn all these different attacks. That's... Uh, <laughs> that's a pain in the ass. Yeah. 2008, this sequel to a violent video game that mothers everywhere were very upset about. Grand Theft Auto? It was Grand Theft Auto. It was Grand Theft Auto 4. This is 2008. I was working at um, EB Games at the time. Yes. And my, it was one of my favorite interactions ever. This kid comes up to me. He's like 13-ish. He's like, where you also have to get like parental permission. He's like, yeah, I'd like a copy of uh, Grand Theft Auto IV. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> intravenous <laughs> like you mean four he's like yeah oh yeah that one that's the one yeah, i meant sure so I, i've always loved that that's always stuck in my head I'd lo- i want a copy of grand theft auto IV. IV, yes <laughs> and then in 2017 uh coming out on the nintendo switch a re-release of a game that was already on the wii u uh fast cars fast babes uh cocaine. need for speed and no no Fast and the Furious. I just lied. It's just Mario Kart. Oh, what? This, Mar- Mario Kart? I'm sorry. Well, yeah, that's what you get for lying. Yes, Mario Kart. Uh, no, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. They're like, hey, no one bought a Wii U. We'll just re-release the same game. And it worked. It's a great game. Fucking love it. All right. Yeah. I didn't buy a Wii U, but I did buy a Switch. So from punching a hooker in her ocular bone to... Wow, that's aggressive. Shout out to Joel Embiid getting elbowed in his ocular bone. What? That doesn't make any sense. I mean, I know that those are two things that happen, but it just seems like it's not like a great like analogy because it's like the same thing happened to two different people. Fine. From uh, zombies to James Harden sloshing around like the undead, it's time for Jared Sports Reports. 
He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. Bear tested. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. It's time for another Jared Sports Report. That's also terrible, but we'll we'll go with it. What the fuck happened this week? Uh, well, the Boston Red Sox are bad. They lost a series in Baltimore to one of the perennial bad teams in the AFC East. It's a very flawed Boston Red Sox team right now. The NFL draft happened over the weekend. The Patriots, uh, they drafted in the first round a uh, guard. His name is his last name is Strange, and the number he wore in college, 69. So the Strange 69 jersey might be uh, a very aggressive selling uh, jersey in Foxborough. Picked up the fastest player in the draft, uh, wide receiver, uh, whose name escapes me now. Uh, picked up another quarterback uh, and some various linemen. But people have generally graded the Patriots draft very low. I've seen a couple Fs on their draft. People feel like they didn't really address the team's true needs of second-level speed on the defense uh, and getting a couple of weapons that could pull the top off the defense and help Mac Jones out. So we'll, we'll you, see. Yeah, you just got to deal with being the greatest team in the league for like a decade to maybe some growing pains. Probably. Probably that. Let's see. For what's not really a high market area. No. Tom Brady will be playing in Germany this year. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers will play one of their games in uh, Germany. The first regular season NFL game to ever be played in Germany. Of course, it used to be NFL Europe, but different. And Tom Brady will be the quarterback in that game. You've also got the Boston Bruins. They're down one game to none to the Carolina Hurricanes in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And your beloved Boston Celtics... They laid an egg on Sunday. I was in Boston with some buddies. We almost laid down money to go to that game. 160 bucks we could have gone. Glad I saved my cash. I'm sorry. Are you talking about the team that was up at 26 at one point in game two? Well, no, I was getting is that, there. No, is that the team? I was getting there for a reversal of fortune because they went around. and Get they... my team's name out your fucking mouth. Are you going to slap me? I already slapped your phone twice. It's twice. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't let me finish. I was building up to the fact that they had a great turnaround in game two and they stomped the Milwaukee Bucks, but still got to worry about potential lingering hammy issues for... Uh, uh, no, no, I'll let you suffer. Hold on. Marcus Smart. No. No, it wasn't Marcus Smart. It was Jalen Brown. It was Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown, <laughs> who after game four said, yeah, I feel like it'll be all right. We'll get some tests. We'll see how it is. But quad issues, hammy issues for Jalen Brown, but... They've yeah, also they've had some manly stuff. They're shooting at an untenable rate. They've shot more through. They almost set the NBA playoff record for largest point differential in threes. They were plus fifty one on three pointers last night compared to Milwaukee's three pointers. I don't know if they can continue to shoot like that, but a split down because like twenty versus three. Because you know, no, that's what you got to do. Like you can't unless you're going to pull Brooke Lopez and Giannis out of the paint. Yeah, you're going to have to shoot some threes or maybe some long range twos. Like you're not getting in there though. That ain't happening. Like, I'm going to get Scott with. Foster to referee our next pickup basketball game cuz you threw me through a table. Scott Foster, yeah. <laughs> get him Tony Brothers and my god, everyone yeah. will be against me. Well, I mean, you did throw me through a table and a water cooler. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> so, you know, Celtics uh, are tied with the Milwaukee Bucks, one game apiece. In the Eastern Conference semifinals. I think every series right now is kind of open, except for um, the Heat and Sixers, just because, I mean, they're playing literally right now as we record. But, uh, I mean, Harden is... I think, by the way, this is Celtics in seven. I still stand by six. All right. This this feels like it'd be a fun seven-game series, though. 
brutal. They're not playing again until Saturday. But yeah, it, it, it's some nasty stuff. They're fucking going at it. Yeah, they need the time to rest and recuperate. People getting kicked in the nuts. Stingers. Oh, I, I did not need to see that replay of Giannis kicking Robert Williams in the dick. They showed that like four times in a row in slow There's been a lot of dick kicking in the NBA playoffs. Like, it <laughs> happened the other night, too, in, the, uh, in another game. Please stop showing him getting kicked in the dick so much. It, well, yeah. It's painful to watch. You're like, ah, oh, God, my dick. In the man area. As, uh, so, oh, there was one. Uh, I think it was Mark Jackson. He's like, he got hit in the midsection. I'm like, no, Mark Jackson. He got hit in the dick. He got kicked straight in the dick. Kevin Harlan had a good one. It was below the center court stripe. <laughs> but that was in a different game in which somebody else got kicked in the dick. Uh, stop kicking them in the dick. Yes. I mean, oh my God. Like, yeah, some of the physics uh, was so weird. It's like round one was getting called like crazy with fouls. And yeah. round two has seemed to start with like, oh, I guess we're just not going to call anything. We're just going to let things get physical. Let's get physical. 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 Yeah. Um, I am. I'm not as confident as I was going into the series of saying, like, we're going to definitely win. Now I'm like, we're going to probably win. Probably. I guess. Maybe. You see what? Yeah. I still want to go on this championship run, but we'll see how it goes. I don't know. One can hope. That's sports. I can get, dive deeper into other No, series. no, I think that's sports. All right, that's sports. We're going to go from there. Because the series will still be going on when we have the show next week. Why are you upset that the NBA playoffs last a little bit of time? No, no, I'm not. I'm just saying it's a long They played Sunday, Tuesday, and they don't play until Saturday. Granted, there's a travel day. So, Saturday, so yeah, Saturday and Monday. Then Wednesday, so maybe we'll record on a Tuesday. We'll see. I don't know. Well, I have track meets on Tuesday, so I don't get out till late. You son of a bitch. <laughs> All right, where are we going go now? We're going to move on from sports. Um, Ooh, two still some more sports. Go Celtics. Yeah, it, it, we are moving on to different sports. Uh, because this is the thing we didn't talk about in the news. So no, we, we didn't. tackle it now. It's Jared's Raining Corner. Okay. I was saving it for a purpose. I'm proud of you. As we go to Jared's solemn reading corner. This week, the unfortunate news came that Neil Adams passed away. Neil Adams, best known for a ton of stuff. I think probably best known for Batman. We've talked about his Green Lantern, Green Arrow stuff, Superman, X-Men. He kind of worked consistently for like 40 years. And when he wasn't working in comics, he was doing stuff that was more profitable, like advertising things. If you don't know the name Neil Adams, I guarantee you have seen his work in uh, just marketing promotional stuff. Like on a scale of like Batman people, he's probably in like in your Mount Rushmore. If you're just talking general comics people, we're probably talking top 10. Like I said, probably... His probably two most famous stuff. He did a ton of covers for DC for doing stuff like Brave and the Bold or Batman, just because he knew how to do a good cover, but probably best known for Batman and also, like I said, uh, Green Lantern, Green Arrow, some of which we had covered in the past of like hard traveling heroes. Also very big on comics creators' rights. Uh, one of the things he is famous for is uh, getting art returned to artists so they could sell it on the secondary market kind of and one tweet I saw is like he is kind of indirectly responsible for creating the comic art market just by getting art back to creators. Uh, he got DC to start sending money to Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, creators of Superman, who were essentially work for hire, who sold Superman for like 200 bucks. And then he was able to get them to actually start sending them money, which is a big deal. 
he worked on uh, creators rights with guys with like Kevin Eastman, Peter Laird, and this was in the eighties. Uh, but he's just one of those guys. Like, he, like I literally truly believe that he is like a top 10 creator of all time, not just for his work, which would stand alone by itself, but what he did for creators and trying to give them rights, give them money, give them everything. He was great. And I, I've talked about this before. I've, I met him once. I think we did a couple of shows together, but I, you know, generally when I work in shows, I'm not really trying that hard to run into people, mostly because I'm busy. Mm-hmm. But he was a dude. Um, you, you can see the piece over there that it's framed. Yes. Uh, I got one thing signed by Neil Adams. It was a three-day show, and uh, the whole deal is like 10 bucks on Fridays, $50 for a second one, because he was very aware of uh, people just flipping shit. So he just jacked up his prices to make it so like, hey, if you want to flip this shit, yeah. it's going to cost you. And then like on Saturday, like there was no ten dollar thing. It was like Friday ten bucks, like Saturday fifty, Sunday fifty. Yeah. So I got a uh, one book signed once on um, a Friday, and it, it was quiet. And I went over there and I got my thing done. And he was talking to someone, and then but then the second he kind of like went over to me, he was like, "Hey." like fully focused like 100 percent. like i've mm-hmm. seen guys that just kind of know how to interact with people like in signings yeah like some people are just kind of whatever and but he was one of those dudes who was very practiced and very professional and like i went over there i'm like oh, he, he's just gonna sign this and it's gonna be kind of a what the fuck kind of thing but like when you i just i literally only gave him ten dollars ten dollars is fucking chicken scratch and he fully engaged like fully like eye contact like hearty handshake like very much like was just like in this one minute interaction like my whole world is focused on this and it was so fucking kind mm-hmm. and that's kind of what i took away from it and i i know i've talked about it before but you know it's kind of where we are but he was he was just a very i don't know from what i my brief interaction just like a very sweet man that very much had to like deal with his stuff and what was funny is um when i was working a show that he was at like he, he wasn't all that far away from me and like everyone clearly wanted to like be interacting with him but he he remembered people so people were, like just watching this dude like walk to the bathroom people were like oh hey neil he's like oh hey chris or whoever the fuck <laughs> yeah. like he he really got invested in like who the people kind of doing shows were and engaging with them prop like not even properly. Properly isn't the right word because you don't got to fucking remember people. I can't rem- remember people. Like, I know faces, but I can't remember names. But he was very, very engaged with people who were in the same industry and kind of working the same shit as he was. And it was, he just seemed like a kind dude. Mm-hmm. That was not that, I mean, yeah, not that I had like a ton of like impressions with him, but that's just kind of what I got. Like, the people that were vendors and retailers or whatever the fuck, like he remembered names and he seemed just friendly and very engaged. Uh, and he passed away this week from complications from sepsis, which is fucking awful. Yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah, no fucking shitty way to go. I don't know. I, I don't, like I said, I don't have a lot of like direct interaction but what from what i personally saw and again like whether or not i saw this dude in person or not like he's definitely like a top 10 like creator and yeah he he seemed really really nice and it's a it's a shame to you know see someone go from uh kind of i don't know off the end just seemed like a good dude i guess that's kind of what my takeaway is from what i saw no i mean i think just listening to your story and your interaction with him and knowing how you are too with people and and your interactions with Shitty. people, yeah, not I mean, generally different, 
but you're also measured in in whom you open up to and and how you interact with people that are strangers but i think you also have a very pragmatic approach to approaching people um who are famous or who have some starlight around them and it doesn't well it doesn't necessarily sound like there was a like a starstruckness about it there was definitely a a mutual respect i think it's because i think of of your respect for him and and how you engaged with him that he reciprocated in kind yeah i whenever i meet people i never my reaction is ever like oh my god you're the greatest thing i've ever met like in my entire life like the silliest one or like uh there was one ninja turtle signing where peter laird was doing stuff the dude in front of me whose name was also zach like just was like a sponging like that tv show from the late 80s really taught me how to stand up to bullies and do things for myself and i just wanted to say thank you and then i was like that was me i'm like hey your book's pretty neat. So I think there's. <laughs> I'm not going to be like. I think there's a little bit of each of that, right? Like, so you look at, for some people, yeah, those things are transformative things and they are very real and visceral, uh, formative pieces of whom they are. But I think there's also, you know, how many times can you be told, oh my God, this is awesome, before you start to get tired of hearing of how awesome it is? Yeah. I, but to be able to, like, maintain a level of even keeledness and just like well at the end of the day like i'm a normal like i would strive to be a normal person but i'm glad that what i've done has had that impact on you but also i think they might find it refreshing to be like i really enjoy your stuff i don't need to give you my entire life story to express to you how important this was to me for me um neil adams definitely like kind of pops into my mind of top for anything that i've gotten signed uh kind of like top two people of who just like were very um commanding and knew how to like do their shit and like be polite and engaging like i put like neil adams and um james marsters the actor who played uh spike on buffy and angel Mm -hmm. like those are like the two dudes that i've kind of met like oh you you have like a mental checklist of how you do this but you know how to do this like insanely well which which that's not it's not an insult it's like you're really fucking good at this and neil adams is definitely like i don't know uh, I mean, he's he's a dude that like he's an industry changing guy, and uh, we talked. to I know I mentioned Batman, and we'll dive into Superman versus Muhammad Ali in a second. But like, he's also the dude that is uh, generally credited as changing Batman again because Batman went through phases. Like Batman started, I was like, oh, we're just dealing with, like low level crime, and you know he's gonna shoot you with a gun, or maybe he's gonna throw you out of a rocket or something. And then I got kind of wonky in the fifties, and then in the sixties, it's like, hey, we have this Adam West show and then the comics kind of reflect that and then neil adams is the guy who goes okay let's make him dark again yes like he's very seminal in that sense and then i mean his other work as well but yeah i don't know um let's all right let's just talk about this let's talk about uh superman versus muhammad ali in kind of a tribute to neil adams as one of his most uh memorable issues like one of those things that will come up a million times over by the way it also like there's some twitch bait like on the cover it's muhammad ali and superman fighting in front of famous people they don't fight in front of famous people in the book no spoiler alert but if you open up the book which um fuck you this book you are oversized and i hate oversized comics just a personal thing okay i don't know how to properly if i'm working in a store i don't really have a good place to put you and if i'm at home i don't really have a good place to put you either in a frame because it's priceless 
No, it has a price. Uh, I'm sure it's expensive. But I mean, uh, it opens up with like, hey, do you want to identify like who is who? There's like 200 people in this audience and you can identify them if you want. Which is pretty cool. I think it's a neat and they give a key and like silhouette to who is where and how well you can do in figuring that out. I'm cool with that. Or if he drew you as a celebrity and he had to like put a mustache on you to make you someone different. Oh. Because that was the thing that happened. If you're like, oh, do you want to be a part of this? No. Well, they have a mustache now. Well, it's <laughs> it's technically not you. It's you with a mustache. Yeah. But yeah, let's dive into this. So, mm-hmm. Superman versus Muhammad Ali. Clark Kent, Lois Lane, Jimmy Olsen walking around. Yeah, trying to find somebody famous. And they see uh, Muhammad Ali... Dunking on school kids. Tell me I'm wrong. He look, is... Look, if you can hoop, you can hoop. Yeah. Okay, so like that's like you beating a toddler on a little tykes basket. You're like... Or you. I am the greatest please <laughs> you play a brand of bully basketball <laughs> Do you this one time i was coming up the court you're like take the three coward and i took it and just fucking sunk it to win the remember game the, I oh like, i flipped you off yeah remember the time that i blocked you multiple times in one game and you were getting really upset no that happened it was a thing i remember it okay but- i also remember the time that you body checked me into a table that had a water cooler on it i think i just came to a stop and you fell no, I believe I was physically escorted off the floor. <laughs> Anywho, uh, so Clark Kent, Lois, and Jimmy find Muhammad Ali playing hoops, and then an alien comes down. He's Out like, of hey, nowhere, just like, hi, I'm here. <laughs> Let's fight for your planet. <laughs> you savage child race. Where have we heard that before? And Clark just leaves. He's like, I'll go aliens. Alert. I'll alert the proper authorities, and he runs. Runs like hell and then flies up into outer space. He's like, well, there's got to be something else going on. There's an armada of spaceships. This comes back as Superman. They're like, hey, we have to fight one of you to not destroy you. Yeah. <laughs> and we know about you, Muhammad Ali, but who the hell is Kal-El? And they get into an argument like, hey, who's the best around? No one's ever going to take me down. No, but they're like, well, there's only one way to solve this. Boxing. Boxing. So they have to have a boxing match to determine who Earth's grand champion is. Under a red sun. Yeah. Um, I also love that Muhammad Ali, like, S- Superman is real dumb. Like, he's talking about the greatest fighter in the world. Mm. And he goes, hey, there's a red sun here. Just give me a tap on the cheek. And he fucking slugs him. Oh, yeah. It's bang. It's <laughs> like, ah, ah, you shouldn't have done that. I wasn't ready. The but, red sun makes me weak. Like, you could have explained this, man. Yeah. But Muhammad Ali then proceeds. They have their fight because they he created a time warp where again uh, yes where like the 24 hours they have to prepare for their fight really is like two months so they work on the sweet science of boxing as it was said because that is what boxing is it's a sweet science and they call muhammad ali the professor and they get ready and then these they're like we can't wait any longer we must fight now so they send these robots in they're like hey guys time to fight like, but we're not ready it was very space jammy because this is well before space jam we're uh, Superman and Muhammad Ali this have their... This is kind of Space Jam. I didn't really think about that. This is kind of Space Jam, but a it, comic. Yes. See? I'm, I'm, am I wrong? The Monstars. Yeah, pretty much. So uh, Superman and Muhammad Ali fight, and Muhammad Ali beats the shit out of Superman. It's not even really a close fight. No, like love, he puts him in an oxygen tent. I love how this movie, or not movie, I love how this comic is built around the idea of like Superman versus Muhammad Ali. No, it wasn't even. And then the fight is really halfway through and Superman loses terribly. Ivan Drago, <laughs> Apollo Creed was more of a fight than this was. 
and Apollo Creed died. So anyway, they're like, okay, well, now you have to fight our grand champion. I do think the best panel in this is once Superman is lost, and he also, he's wearing Everlast boxing gloves. Yes. But like the image of him on the stretcher, I think, is probably the best panel in this. Yeah, it's I mean, it's like, panel. do you think Muhammad Ali is like, hey, we're going to write a comic about you fighting Superman. He's like, got to win. I won't be in it unless I win. I don't know the origin of this. I do know that um, Neil Adams had to recreate this in like in the early 2000s. He got, I guess, paid a good chunk of cash. Really? To do it for like time or something. Well, good for him. So anyway, during this time, Superman, after he convalesces under the power of the Yellow Sun, although he still didn't have his powers back because he tries to fly on the alien ship and falls onto a glass bridge, but whatever. Uh, dresses up as one of Muhammad Ali's trainers. trainers to go and find the the leaders on the ship and broker peace with his fists. Yeah, Superman um, doing blackface. Well, it's technically technically a rubber hook like mask. It wasn't just like hey, if it was Mission Impossible and Tom Cruise had a blackface, you say that's Tom Cruise with a blackface. Okay, fair, whatever. Superman wore blackface if that's what you want to say. Oh, better than that time that Lois did. Or she fully uh, went for it. Oh, no. Lois. We read that. I know. Lois. I feel like you say that and not remembering that we did that. No, I don't remember a thing. When Lois went black for an issue? Oh, was it was that the porn issue? No. Oh. That was a different one. <laughs> Superman's had a lot of things happen. That was when Lois was black for 24 hours. And then she's like, would you marry me? And Superman's like, well, look at the time. I guess uh, I <laughs> can't do this right now. That's racist of Superman. Do you not remember this? I vaguely. Anyway, as we were saying, Muhammad Ali beats the aliens grand champion. And at the same time, Superman is beating up the aliens in space. And then the grand champion turns on the leader of the aliens. And everything is nice at the end, pretty much. Yeah, Muhammad is like, we're both the champs. Oh, yeah, because Muhammad Ali is like, I know who you are. You're Clark Kent. Because I figured out when you left... When Clark Kent left and Superman came back, it was the only logical explanation. He's not wrong. Which then again, how does Pulitzer Prize winning, you know, journalists like Lois Lane not figure that shit out? I do like that Perry White is in here, who is just like one of the guys in Superman's corner. And Jimmy Olsen's like, what are you doing here? He's like, I like boxing. <laughs> just, I'm, I'm, I'm here. Kind of, I just kind of enjoy boxing. Great yeah. Caesar's ghost. That's the that's my catchphrase. Oh, yes. Oh, that's great. It was when the, the goddess of wisdom shows up. That's what he says that. Great Caesar's ghost. So yeah, perfectly acceptable. I mean, it's a it's an iconic comic because it's Superman versus Muhammad Ali. I mean, it was two of the big stars of that era. I mean, like I said, if you ha if you don't know Neil Adams' work, I guarantee you've seen it. I guarantee you've seen this cover. It's so very fucking famous. Yeah. It's silly and I don't even think it's good to be honest. But it's it's an icon, and we're just talking about a guy's iconic work who, I mean, most of his iconic work goes into Batman or yeah. uh, Green Lantern, but this is one of them. I mean, this is one of those big treasury edition comics that is a fucking pain in the ass. I hate the size of these. Jesus Christ. What am I going to do with this? Where am I going to put this? So big. I'm going to behave. I'm not going to say anything crass. This is a penis thing? Yeah, like, the answers could be, that's what she said. Bend over, bend over I'll show you. Mm, nope yep see uh, there you go let, let's stop this immediately yeah i, I hate treasury. don't hear that very often do you i hate treasury edition issues yeah uh, but it's still it's iconic and it's fun to touch on it is just 
silliness, and that's there's nothing wrong with that. It was the original Space Jam. It really was. It, yeah, it kind of honestly is. Uh, but a salute to the great Neil Adams, uh, a guy who did a ton for creators, a guy who did a ton for the medium, and who is still constantly working. Like I, st- like I just bought a book of his like a couple months back. Like the dude was still doing shit. I don't know. Uh, definitely a pillar of uh, the comics industry, and sad to see him go. Yeah, one hundred percent. So. So, um, I don't know, uh, definitely someone whose legacy will live on forever, like no question. So sad to see him go, but you know, respect to the great and legendary Neil Adams. Leaving behind a tremendous legacy that will long endure. I guarantee you. So, um, I think if I had to guess his most famous image, one that you might not know is his, there's an image of like Superman, like kind of chess, kind of puffed out. Yeah. Like very wide stance and he's just busting through chains. I think I've, yeah. Like, I guarantee everyone has seen that image. That's, like, been, like, a big licensing image. But mm. I guess he always hated it because, like, the stance is really wide. Like, it doesn't make any, like, regular sense. But you've definitely seen his shit, even if you don't know you have. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't doubt it. Well, you've also read some of his stuff. See, I, there you I go. made you do it. So yeah, <laughs> there exactly. We go. All right. We're going to move on from there to letters to the editors. Now for my favorite part of the show. What did I say? Talk to the audience. Oh, God, this is always death. Here's another one of your letters to the editors. There you go. If you want to ask us your own questions, send them in to editorsnotecomics at gmail.com. Always appreciate it. We're yes. always almost out of questions. I know. So there's something, there's a disconnect, certainly. I, ne- I never feel like we're fully ready to go. No, but no, here we go. Always questioning it. Yeah, do that. Send, send them in. If you want to, you know, ask whatever. Right. What do so, we got this week? Out of everything you collect, do you have any gaps in your collection? Yeah, I mean, I collect beer glasses. I don't have every beer glass ever. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess that's... Uh, you're probably talking, like, runs of comics. I don't know. It's just a I mean, collection. What do you collect? I collect beer glasses. I think everyone collects something. Like, no one yeah. doesn't not. No. I like random sports memorabilia stuff. I have a pair of high jump spikes signed by Dick Fosbury. He invented... He was kind of high jump spikes. What? What are high jump spikes? Well, they're jumping spikes. They're so they're like track spikes, but they have a different kind of sole on them, and they have spikes. Is this a golf thing? No, it's high jump. Oh, I said high jump, not golf. No, but Dick Fosbury, who kind of revolutionized high jump with his Fosbury flop. I have a pair of autographed spikes by him. Just other kind of random sports memorabilia stuff. I'd like to probably get. I want to get back more into like some of that, collecting some of that. So what's a gap for you? A gap for me? I would say probably I used to actually I used to collect the Patriots yearbooks, but now I have a massive like 15 year gap. Like they when they would So it's been a while. It's yeah, I would say that's a gap. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I kind of got out of collecting things for a while. Yeah, I guess I really need to like start collecting things again. It's not I I I'm a firm believer that everyone is a collector of something. Everyone is no. a nerd about something. Like some, like you could just like rattle off bullshit I, about something. I think too. Part of it is like, like I always look at your wall of like TV shows that you've collected. Like I don't need necessarily to do that now that with the the wide access provided to me yeah, through streaming you, services. You must have all noticed that this wall hasn't really expanded in a number of years. Because exactly. I haven't bought anything because there's no need to. Yeah, because everything's accessible. Yeah. So there's definitely that. Yeah, I have no interest in like movies and TV shows. Like all that shit's out there now. Why do I care? Yeah, I don't need to spend extra money. I collect old sports stuff from the school where I coach. Like whenever something changes over, like and there's like free stuff, I will try and grab something. 
So I've got a couple of different items just for funsies. It was funny about like even the movies over here. We ended up returning a bunch of stuff. For, um, we have an active document of like things I want, just as yeah. like a literal gift guide for like my wife. Is number one respect. <laughs> but one of the things that time was all the Marvels, which is a book. But she interpreted that as I want all the Marvel movies, so she bought me a couple for Christmas. I'm like, I don't want these. Oh, they're nice. On Dis- they're on Disney. Just return these. I don't need. This. Oh, nice. <laughs> so she did. I was like, I don't fucking need them. Uh, but I would like to read that book. Yeah. You have um you have a lot of poppets or um or not poppets but pop. You see the thing is I don't really like this is just shit that like happened through the store like all the stuff that's kind of behind you ninety percent of it is um accidental. That's fair. Most of this shit is not really a thing. What about you? Do you have any gaps in your collecting? <laughs> Some of this I would keep it to realistic collecting. Like there's stuff um I have nearly every mirage ninja turtles book there's a couple out there um like the first edition of like gobbledygook which was like 50 issues there is the um hardcore porn ninja turtles issue which there's like 30 something of those i'll make you read that at some point oh my i think that might go under my weird uh, comics facts <laughs> one <laughs> i'm not going to explain that one yet I'm just okay. not going to. I don't. I don't want your explanation. <laughs> I think thinking about the things but, I I collect them to cut you off. Like I don't necessarily collect things that are in a series or a set. I just kind of absorb. But listen, there's stuff that's I that is I uh, now consider outside of like my range of price. Like it's the the one that's kind of like funny that's always outside of my range of price is like getting like a Ninja Turtles Volume One Number One. Like that has always just kind of lived outside of my price range and. It has now like leaped to such an extreme level that I would have to kind of like clear out most of my collection to just be able to get like that one item, and that's not worth it. Or even like a piece of art, like an Eastman a layered piece of art. Like a few years ago, like Eastman was selling stuff on his site for like those early days for like four to five thousand, or like maybe up to like six thousand. And I was like, oh man, that's way too much. I should have taken out a credit card because I put um, a bid on one of those things like a few months ago mm-hmm. and I got outbid by about $5,000. Wow. Yeah. I should have grabbed them a few years ago, even when I was poor. Like it would have been a good investment because like the Ninja Turtle stuff, especially that early stuff has gone up exponentially into an insane amount. But I mean, for um, so I don't consider that realistic to me collecting at all because it's it's too pricey at this point, and it's not the gap isn't going to close. No, unless I get rich, but <laughs> that's also probably not going to happen either. <laughs> I think we probably talked about. I don't really have a, a huge comics collection. I have like six short boxes, and they aren't even that like they're not that full, and I don't really add to them that much. I have a lot of graphic novels just because I like to read more than I like I like reading more than I like the aspect of collecting. Yeah, but there's some art stuff. Uh, there's really three things I'm looking for. One of them is a little bit vague. Like, I, if any page from my first issue of comics, which we've talked about before, comes up, I will uh, spend a silly amount of money on that. And I've only been able to come across two of those so far. Yeah. And I have spent very little. So that's good. But, yeah, one of them was literally 50 bucks. I was like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Well, again, because that's more the, it has meaning to you. You could have added a zero to that and I would have done it. Wow. 
But not that anyone knew that, that was oh. selling it. Well, now they know. They'd be like, oh. <laughs> oh, no. There's a run from my childhood that we, uh, we've talked about before that it's only like nine issues that I kind of like read over and over and over again. And there are a couple of pages out there right now, but they are priced um, hilariously high. So I'm not going to buy them for what people are asking. So, but I mean, that gives me a little bit of a range. And then there is um, a Superman issue where Superman and Lois came to Maine to get a lobster roll. Yes, because I remember that because you said, hey, Jared, is Cape Netic a real place in Maine? I'm like, yes, absolutely it is. Yeah, it is. Um, there are two pages from that that I really want to get from Superman 663, if you want to get hyper-specific. And there are two pages in there I really want. The ones where they're in Maine? Yeah. But beyond that, I mean, I kind of have stuff that I want for art. And I've bought and sold a lot of stuff, but those are kind of my three. So my first issue, um, which, you know, there's another 20 pages that I don't own. So, you know, they pop up. I'm going to buy them. Uh, that one run from when I was a kid that I read just over and over and over and over again. And that one time that Superman came to Maine that I really want to snag one of those two pages. But that's hyper specific. So I really know that's going to happen. All right. There it is. That was, a long, that was one of our longer answers. I, I, I appreciate that. No, okay. collecting is fun. Like I said, I can't, I can't afford Eastman and Laird shit. You know what I'm going to try and do, though? This is a real thing. Yeah. Uh, where is it? It's up here, isn't it? Oh. So um, what I want to do, because I cannot afford an Eastman and Laird page. Laird has done a lot of head sketches. I'm pointing to one of them. Yes. The one that I did in 2009, and I got it colored in 2019. Um, there are still a number of just uh, black and white Laird ones. So my plan is to buy a black and white Laird one and have Eastman color it so that I could technically have an Eastman and Laird. Oh, that's clever. Which will uh, save me about $12,000. Oh, wow. <laughs> so. <laughs> that's that's cutting out the middleman. <laughs> it's not exactly, you know, what you're going for, but uh, that is my plan. It'll work. <laughs> It'll get the job done. <laughs> save me a, a good number, a good amount of money. I guess so. All right. That it? Yeah, I think so. All right. Well, if you uh, enjoy the show and you want to help Zach in his quest to find $12,000. Oh, I ain't getting it. <laughs> well, you know what? If We'll do the math on it. If we have a dollar a month for 12 months and you take upset, a, wife. 12 months uh, times 1,000 years, we could do it with our Patreon. Uh, well, a dollar a month on our Patreon. That's it. Patreon.com slash Editors Note Comics gets you the show the day we record it, plus you get access to cool stuff behind the paywall. Leave a review. Fucking ask us a question. We want it. Yes. Them. Rate, review, subscribe. Hit us up on the interwebs. Uh, again, Patreon.com slash Editors Note Comics. And you can email us, Editors Note Comics at gmail.com. And you can find Zach on the social media at Editors Note Comics on Twitter. Next, uh, you're on Twitter too. At Junior Rich. Next week, we are back for all kinds of shit. It's going to be the Picard season finale. Yes. Strange New Worlds. Yes. Their first episode. Engage. And Doctor Strange. Holy cow. It's going to be a jam-packed episode. Get hard. We're ready for you. All right. Well- <laughs> I'm- all right. That, uh, we'll, be back- yep. <laughs> we'll be back next week. Emily. See you then. Can Zach say uh, to get our fans to come back next week? Get hard. We're ready for you. Okay. So that's a no on that, but we'll learn. Get See you harder. next week. Well, no, he can't do that.